0: First
1: time in seven weeks. Welcome to the DC Three Cast with the full DC Three here. I am Brian. With me again for the first time in a long time are both Zach and Vince. Boys, to quote Peaches and Herb, reunited and it feels so good.
2: <laughs> Back from the Lazarus pit. I, I expected some air horns from one of you. Oh but... <laughs>
3: damn! My my Jamaican air horn is way too far away right now. <laughs> I left it in Colorado actually.
1: Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. Well, boys, how's everyone doing?
3: Oh,
2: terrible.
1: Oh, we're, all, we're all terrible tonight. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah.
3: We're
2: not we're not good again. <laughs> no, we are not we're good. Back again. Together. Yeah. Oh. But
1: ho- but, <laughs> but hopefully the three of us can uh, collectively lift each other's spirits. Comic Con is the- gonna
3: lift our spirits up. our our, our discussion on Comic Con, I just know it.
1: Yeah, yeah, we can we can do that. Let, let's get right to that because there is so much stuff to talk about. Um, it's kind of unbelievable. So we have been texting back and forth, you know, for years now about things we wanted to see DC do, and it seems like this uh, this San Diego at least two things happened that seem right out of our group text. <laughs> and the first one is Jeff Lemire is back. He is writing a series called The Terrifics. Which is essentially Fantastic Four in the DC universe with um Mr. Terrific and uh Metamorpho and Plastic Man and Phantom Lass or Phantom Lady. What what is what are they calling her now?
3: I thought it was Phantom Lass Girl. I'm pretty sure it's Phantom Girl.
1: It was Phantom Lass for a while.
3: I thought for this announcement they said Phantom Lass. I know they uh... I know they've been saying Phantom Girl for like the the DC Rebirth stuff, but like... As far as I know,
2: she's always been Phantom Girl, unless there was like a something... I'm on her wiki page, and it looks like she's always been Phantom Girl. Alright, well...
1: I thought... Regardless, Phantom Girl, then. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and uh, Jeff is writing it with the alternating art team of Ivan Reyes and Evan Doc Shaner.
2: Oh, Which and... is like what a team. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it, it's a really weird team, actually. Like those They don't go styles,
0: very well together.
1: No, they are not <laughs> complementary in the list.
2: Which uh, makes me wonder if it will be like a, if there will be like a, thematic. Reason for the, for the art difference because you right. have like a very classic style and then a very superhero-y style.
3: Okay, I have our official, uh, thing here, so. Apparently the initial announcement somebody said Phantom Lass and so everybody was reporting Phantom Lass from like the con panel itself. But then in all the in all the material that came out like later that day or the next day, it says Phantom Girl. So okay. I think I think it was just a flub in the conference itself. Does that make sense? All right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um but let's let's just dig into this for a second. So everybody is saying that this is essentially the Fantastic Four <laughs> um, Lemire said that he he was inspired by Kirby Lee Fantastic Four comics for this. Um, I mean, is this the ultimate fuck you to Marvel?
2: I think so. They they took DC took back one of their one of Marvel's big coups. You know, like you know Jeff Lemire going exclusive for marvel for a little while was kind of like their big f u to dc and now they're just taking them taking him back and then also with their first family
1: yeah <laughs> oh man it's sort of crazy uh, there was a there was a rumor going around twitter right before it broke that the team was going to be called the fantastics yeah, I saw and that. that. That's like the only way it could have been more in <laughs> Marvel's face.
3: Clearly, that rumor makes no sense, considering Mister Terrific is. You know, I mean, it makes sense that it's called the Terrifics, but yeah, were they to call it the Fantastics, like could I, <laughs> could they even get away with that? Like,
1: I mean, that's almost like, uh, and this is this is showing you my deep, deep deep levels of music nerdum here oh, God. when the offspring tried to name their album, Chinese democracy, you snooze, you lose. <laughs> and actual <laughs> Rose sued them. And so, uh, you know, cause this is, that's before that album came out, obviously. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe they could have gotten me with it legally. Cause I think, I don't think that the word fantastic is, is copyrighted or can be copyrighted.
3: No, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Stranger things have happened.
1: I suppose so. Yeah, um, but I mean, so this is what's what's odd about this is that one of the things that we had been told about dark matter was that dark matter was going to be a place for new characters and new stories, and yet the Fantastics <laughs> see, <already> <laughs> are uh, are part of this are part of this line. That feels like a bit of a weird place for them to be, mm-hmm. but I guess it's all tying into this greater story that Scott Snyder is starting with these characters in the Dark Days um, one-shots. So maybe that's why it's going to fall into that banner. But
3: well, I think it's,
1: I think kind yeah. of two things about that.
3: Like one, um, it's a new team. So, I mean, we've never had a team called the Terrifics before. Because so, you could argue that some of these other Dark Matter ones are also repurposed, like, teams and concepts. Obviously, Challengers of the Unknown.
1: Uh, damage.
3: Damage. Um, The Immortal Which Man has been a thing before, right? Yeah. So, So, I mean, they're not entirely new. It might be, like, new characters taking the mantle of some of these, you know? But, like... I think... I don't know. I don't know if that's, I don't know if I'd say that's being oversold by Snyder and company, but, but I think, I think there's more repurposed stuff here than, than people are really talking about, you know,
1: that's fair. That's fair. Yeah.
3: And I also think that it wouldn't surprise me if getting Jeff Lemire back to DC was like 80% Scott Snyder's doing, you know, (laughs) so, so maybe, maybe yeah, go, go ahead. Sorry.
1: Uh, what I was going to say is I wonder if there's a certain extra layer of creative freedom as part of Dark Metal. Huh. Uh, Dar- yeah, uh, Dark Matter, rather, where they where, where they can say, like, you know, hey, you know, if you come back to this, this line is not going to be as editorially driven so you can do more of what you want to do. Sure. So maybe that's why it's part of that line also. Yeah,
2: yeah this definitely feels like the the reunion to those two. You know, Mm -hmm.
1: it's funny to think about how um, they were like they were rising stars at D.C. at the same time and their careers took such totally different trajectories. Both are, you know, much, much more successful than when they were at D.C., but both of their careers just look incredibly different than they do now.
3: Yeah. And it's also ironic how, (laughs) uh, well, I really liked Scott Snyder's Swamp Thing, and I really liked Jeff Lemire's Animal Man a lot. When they did that crossover, that was probably my least favorite aspect of both <laughs> of those series. And yet I'm a, huge, I'm a huge fan of both of their work. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm super pumped that Jeff Lemire's back. But it is funny that, like, I found the... What was that crossover even called? Rot World. Rot World, yeah. I found that to be, like, the least interesting thing that happened in either of those books.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I almost forgot that Snyder wrote that Swamp Thing
3: yeah well he wrote he, 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 only, done... he, he only wrote it till issue like I don't know 20 or
2: something it was he like wrote it till the end of Rot World and yeah. then that was his finale and then oh, also. only wrote like 9 or 10 more issues of Animal Man I think
0: mm-hmm. that
1: sounds about right but,
3: but I love Lemire. I think his Animal Man was really good. I really liked his Frankenstein book that he did. Um, there's been a couple other things at DC that I wasn't as jazzed about, but like, I just think the guy's capable of really great, like, stories that are full of heart. So I can, I can, <laughs> dude, a a team that's like inspired by. Lee and Kirby's Fantastic Four, written by Jeff Lemire. Oh, mad on! Come on. <laughs> I uh,
1: I I'll go to bat also for Lemire's uh, stuff with the Atom that he did real early on in his DC tenure. Yeah. And and also his Superboy. Oh, he did. his
3: Superboy was so good.
1: Yeah. How yeah. he's <laughs> um, about that. Well, well, that seems like a lifetime ago.
3: Yeah, it does. It is funny how I do think
2: I, – I think I would maybe – Animal Man is like really high up there, but I would almost go to say that the two things that those writers did first at DC, the Tech Run and Superboy, were still their best works.
1: I, I'd i go with you on that. Yeah, so would I actually. Well. Wow. Uh, Lemire also announced that he is writing the Hawkman Found one-shot that is part of the Dark Knights Metal crossover thing that's going on, and uh, that's pretty cool. And uh, the, the Lemire thing really got me thinking, so I'm uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna change some of the names in this story, but. A couple of years ago, I was at a uh, New York Comic-Con, and Lemire was one of the guys I interviewed. And Lemire was one of, like, two or three people who, in the same day, had told me, like, oh, everyone's leaving D.C. Like, it's not a good place to be working right now. And he was very upset. It, this was during the... um, uh, What was the, the weekly book he was on? Future's End? Yeah. It was it was during the Future's End time, and he just said, like, it was just a very, very tough gig to write. How There were a million... Fingers and everything and how he was so happy to not have to deal with that anymore. And so for that guy to come back, seems like either things have really changed at DC or, like I said before, maybe there's giving him a really sweetheart deal here where he, he doesn't have to worry about editorial interference as much or whatever the case may be. But it just seems like literally anything is possible at DC right now. James Robinson is back. Jeff Lemire <laughs> is back. Greg Rucka is back. You know, anything is possible.
3: Yeah, I mean, short of Mark Wade
1: coming back. And I still have my fingers crossed for that one.
2: Maybe he's going to do Legion again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I-, I wanted to bring this up. We always joke about Jonathan Hickman taking over Legion, but I feel like that is more probable now than ever before. It seems like DC is a place people want to work.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that so
2: weird? Yeah. It's just so weird how this this San Diego is, like, the inverse of the past, <laughs> like, five San Diego's. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what did Marvel announce? Not to, you know, take a big dump on Marvel, but...
3: that That, um... The, um... That X Men book,
1: yeah, the the, the Ed Pisker, yeah, the Ed
3: Pisker, like that is that's s that that tips my canoe basically is what I'm saying. Yeah. But uh, aside from that, it's like yeah,
1: I mean they did the most Marvel thing you can possibly do, which is they turned Spider Man and Deadpool into Spider Man versus Deadpool.
3: <laughs> and like Legacy just really feels phoned into me. I feel like they're not trying with that at all. (laughs) They're not really offering, like, the audience that they're trying to, they're not doing what Rebirth's doing, at least not from from what I can tell, you know? Which is, I think, what they should be doing if they want to bring back people who have left Marvel, you know? I don't feel like a lot of what they're doing is going to get
2: new readers or old readers back. It, it really like doesn't make a lot of sense to me, just with how staggered everything feels and how also like samey and unchanged things feel. Mm-hmm. But but we're a happy DC podcast, not a sad <laughs> Marvel podcast. <so>. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: is true. Um,
3: I've never been happy.
1: Uh, that too is true. <laughs> um, no, you know the um, what I'll say about about Marvel, and then we'll move on here, is that I feel like Marvel is trying to go halfway between Rebirth and the New Fifty Two, and I'm not, I'm not saying they're using those two as examples. I just think those two things are kind of polar opposites. Where the one is all new ideas, everything is fresh, and one is let's get back to what worked for us, and I feel like they're they're saying it's a lot like Rebirth. But all the books they've announced, even if they're going back to legacy numbering, it seems like they're not really going back to what made those books special. So they're still trying to kind of continue this this newer status quo they introduced, you know, a year or two ago. So I don't know what they're doing. I really, it, it seems very muddled to me.
2: Yeah, yeah muddled's a good word. <laughs>
1: Oh, well, thank you. Um, all right, let's 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 move on to our next bit of uh, conversation here, which is, uh, it was been, it's it been rumored for a while. We talked about it on this show, but Scott Snyder will be co-writing a Duke Thomas miniseries, not miniseries, ongoing series, rather, uh, Batman The Signal, co-written with Tony Patrick, who is a recent graduate of the DC Creative Workshop. Uh, no release date or artist was announced for the book yet but uh i think all of us expected this to happen at some point i'm a little i'm a little surprised that they announced it without an artist that's that's not a very dc thing to do um and i'm a little bit surprised that they're calling the book batman the signal <laughs> even though it's not about batman but i'm not surprised you know, about, about, about that
0: <laughs> yeah the signal is just
2: not going to sell anything people yeah. will I'm just afraid, you know, people are going to think it's a book about the bat signal.
3: <laughs> well, that would be very Scott Snyder to write an entire miniseries about how the origins of the signal and the secret, <laughs> the secret history that you, the terrifying secret behind the signal. It
1: would You're begin right. with voiceover narration saying, my grandfather was a nightlight. And
0: then it would just <laughs> And he uh, always said,
2: this little line of mine.
0: <laughs> 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 so,
3: so this is how good the comics discourse is. I tried to read, like, articles about this uh, this book coming out of Comic-Con, and the comments were almost, almost 100% purely how terrible of a name The Signal is. And that was some sort of portent for how the book was going to crash and burn because because the signal's a bad name. Um let's do better. Did you
1: happen to did you happen to see any of the racist stuff that was being said?
3: Oh god. No. No.
1: I just saw one thing that got it got retweeted a bunch basically saying uh and of course I'm paraphrasing here something like, you know, why don't they just call him what he is? Black Robin.
0: Oh jeez.
1: Like come on, guys.
3: Let's do, let's, let's do better in the Discourse, you know? Let's do better.
1: Yeah. Especially because, and maybe this is going to hurt some people's feelings, 99% of superhero names are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. 98%, maybe? You know, Batman. Just think about that. Just really sink your teeth into that, you know? He's a man who's you know. a bat. That's what he is. <laughs> the name is perfect.
3: It's pretty fucking simple, Salvatore. <laughs> Superman. He's a man who's super. What What more do you want? Hey, fuck you. <laughs>
1: cat. Say, <laughs> cat woman. Nothing left in the imagination. <laughs>
3: it, it's like a short skirt. It's got to give you enough information, but it's got to be short enough to be interesting. That, you're, wasn't, you're... that wasn't a deal. That was a pizza chef. That was a... <laughs>
0: That's was a New York say, City
3: garbage man.
1: I was saying, I feel like that was Bernie Sanders doing a Donald Trump impression. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh god!
1: All right, let's. Um, any, any other signal thoughts?
2: Oh, uh, do you think that Declan Shelby might be involved?
1: Oh god, I hope so.
3: <laughs> that would be too much for this little heart to take. That would be
0: oh.
2: I don't know who else they would get to draw that book. I mean, they could get literally anyone, but he's not doing a DC book.
3: I Ivan Reyes is going to do uh two issues and then yeah, so yeah. it will be fill-ins.
1: <laughs> I really think that he's just doing the first arc of the uh, Terrifics.
3: Oh, I'm sure. I that's his that's his gig, right? I mean, he, moves he around, launches he books. He launches books and then he leaves. And so people, he's and, the
2: JJ Abrams of comic book art.
3: that's absolutely. Yeah. That's really Zach. I think that's really the most accurate thing that's ever been said about him.
1: <laughs> I think
3: that's spot on.
1: Um, I'm a little surprised that they're putting the book in the hands of one of the recent, um, talent workshop creators. Because this seems to be a big deal book for them, and I, I I feel like the last time Snyder co-wrote a book, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't it Talon? That is exactly like this is
2: this is like Talon Redux because that was like Jane Tynion's,
1: James exactly. Tynion's like
2: big break. Yeah, and he co-wrote it the first arc with Snyder. Um, so in that way, this is also just a like totally on-brand Snyder move to like create a character spin him off into his own book, and bring in, like, one of his protégés to co-write it.
3: Yeah. Well, and let's be honest. I like Duke for as much as we've seen of him. But for as long as he's been around now, they really haven't given him much to do. So to think that Duke is going to sell a solo solo title on his own at this point, I think, would kind of be naive. So you throw Snyder's name in there, you throw Batman in the title, and you have like an instant, I don't know, extra 30,000 sales or something. You
1: know? It's actually probably pretty accurate, yeah. Yeah, I didn't think of that. You guys are smart. You guys are smart. Uh, also announced as part of Dark, and that I believe that's also part of a, the Dark Matter line, right? it was announced during the dark matter panel
2: it would make sense i don't i don't remember uh, like it, it, it was the only one that wasn't you know part of that that like promotional image i be, i don't believe duke was on there
3: yeah i don't i don't think so but we know that he's intricately tied to the metal so right um yeah. i have a question so none of these dark matter books are going to have the rebirth banner on them which is still running Mm -hmm. in, like... You know, normally you see those things go away, but, like, Rebirth is still very much the status quo. Its banner is on all of the mainline books. So is Dark Matter going to have its own completely separate, similar banner that's going to be on, like, essentially every issue and every tie-in? I wonder.
2: I bet it will be.
1: Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if it was.
3: I kind of like that. I kind of like that it gives, like, fans... Like here, you you want to read the dark matter books? They are all clearly labeled this way with some sort of quote unquote trade dress, you know. Yeah. I like that. I like that they've done that for rebirth. That there's no confusion about what's a rebirth book and what's not. There's just a fuck ton of them.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: that, that, yeah. That's
3: a problem, but you know.
1: Probably, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but speaking of, of dark matter, we had a couple more dark matter things to get to here. Another Dark Matter book was announced, Brimstone, by Justin Jordan and Philip Tan. Uh, good for Justin Jordan to get some more DC gigs. I like Justin quite a bit. He's a good writer. Um, not the biggest Philip Tan fan in the world, but, but you know, he's a name, and uh, it's probably good for Jordan to be paired with a name.
3: Well, and I, I hope the good Philip Tan shows up, because we, as we know, there's a good one and there's a bad one. That is true. And I don't, I don't even know how good the good one is, but...
1: It's acceptable. We, we know how bad the bad one is. We know
3: how bad the bad one
1: is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, the last dark matter bit of news here: Didio announced that these books will be two ninety nine, and there will be no variant covers. That they are trying to make this as affordable and easily easily obtained as any books the DC is doing right now, and, and that's a uh, that's a noble cause even if i think it's not going to change that much i i like i like what it what it tries to represent
3: well we're just here to please you brian
1: yeah i'm sure uh <laughs> i'm biting my tongue um <laughs> so there was a there was a, a a uh a retailer's breakfast that happened at san diego comic-con and a couple of things came out of that the, the one that's really of interest to me is, is that Jim Lee said that the milestone relaunch will be codified in the next few months. Now they've been saying this for quite some time,
0: Years. but yeah. yes.
1: Um, do you guys have any hope that it's actually going to happen in the next few months?
3: I have hopes. Yeah, I do. I don't. I don't think Jim Lee would have said it if. Yes, I think. I think something will be announced.
1: I think New York Comic Con is actually the perfect place to do that. I think that New York Comic Con is, is taken more seriously as the comics uh, convention at this point more than San Diego is. Uh-huh. And I feel like Milestone is is sort of the – um like Milestone is the DC imprint that hardcore comics people want to see back more than anything else. So it seems to me that's a good fit for the show. And that would be – if if it if it was codified in the next few months, an October announcement would make sense. Sure, and that would be for January. Those that would be if they if they were to solicit a book in October, it would come out in January. Um,
2: Isn't it just crazy? Like how many moving pieces that DC has going right now, that's and not... like all these like disparate uh, like banners and and lines and things. It's uh... It it feels like it should be really cluttered and hard to follow and but it it works so well, at least so far.
3: Yeah. And for the for the most part, everything's doing pretty good, you know? Nothing's being like You know what I mean? Like Young Animal, Wildstorm, I guess the Hanna Barbarist like it's all it's all being juggled pretty well and you know, people – there's stuff to like out of every one of those little banners. So it's kind of – it's a really interesting time.
1: I think you're going to see some of those lines blur a little bit. And we're going to talk more yeah about this in a little while. Right. Uh, I don't think you're going to see quite as distinct of a line – with certain things as as we've seen so far with Rebirth. But I think that that, that's really wise in a couple ways, too. Like, everything was launched as its own concern and its own house was put in order. And then once they figured out what it was and how it worked, well, then we can start, you know, possibly moving it into the more mainstream DC universe. Yep.
3: Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: Uh, there's a thing that we'll get to, you know, along that line, I think, with two books this month. There was I mean this week, there was a, a very interesting overlap that I want to get into later.
3: Okay. Oh my. I don't that know if, like I don't it. know if I know what you're talking about. Oh, I know. I bet I know one of them. Yes, I bet I knew one, I oh yeah. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Okay. Oh, exactly. We'll
1: yeah. <laughs> um uh, also announced that Breakfast was that Joelle Jones is the next uh, ongoing artist for Batman that she will be alternating with, presumably with, with Michael Janin uh, and not David Finch, but we'll see.
3: Um, oh, yeah. Who's the writer on that?
2: It's Tom King. <laughs> how, is, how is that for a tease, Vince?
1: Oh,
3: I'm so... I, I'm i torn. I am beside myself. I I have a husk of myself and I'm beside it.
1: Um did you guys see what Tom King said about his Batman run at San Diego? No. A huge mess. I know he, he revealed two pieces of information, both of which made me slap my forehead. <laughs> uh the first was that he has planned it as a hundred issue epic. <laughs>
0: Oh which you know second... what? Like
2: at this point is not that ridiculous because it's double shipping. So
1: that's four it years. could really happen. Yeah, it's a it's a four year book. Yeah. Um so hundred year, hundred issue epic. 100 and that, yeah, that's what it feels like. And the uh, and the theme of the book is can Batman ever get over the death of his parents? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Too long, too Tom, long, too long, didn't read, save
1: you. no Tom, let me save you Some 60 issues you haven't written yet No he can't, that's why he's Fucking Batman, because if, he can't Get over the death of his parents
2: What if, what if The 100th issue Is Batman is so over it That he goes back in time himself And kills his
0: parents
2: <laughs> He's Joe Chill And that's how the run ends That's twisted
1: it would just funny if an issue one hundred, it's like you know halfway through it, he wakes up one day and goes yeah. like, "Huh, I'm over it," and then just yeah. <laughs> the rest of the run, just like, you, know, um...
0: <laughs>
3: you guys, what if the Batman who laughs kills his parents? You that know what I mean? Twisted. That's twisted. Zach, you're onto something here. I think that's what's gonna happen. So, he. He must listen to the DC-3, right?
0: That's the sure. only
3: way that I can come to grips with the fact that he brought up that he can never get over his parents' death.
1: Uh, no, it, it, he he didn't say he can never get over it. The can question he? is, can he? can he get over it?
3: All right, well, we know the answer, though. But I, I still am disappointed with, you know, issue 21 or 22 or whatever it was supposed to be. That was supposed to, like...
1: Well, well the, that... <laughs> I believe that the bit he was talking about was Thomas Wayne telling him, "Don't be Batman anymore." Right. That that that, that was, but it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't solve anything at no, all.
3: No, 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 no. He but, was, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the less said, the better.
1: Yeah, but I thought you guys would appreciate I, this. I, uh, we'll we'll get to him. We'll get to him. Fuck
0: yeah.
1: Uh, Jeff Johns announced at San Diego Comic Con that it's correct. We were all. We're all onto something here. Doctor Manhattan is the one who fucked with time and caused, you know, what we're seeing in rebirth. You're That's, probably le- yeah, <laughs> That's probably the least. Yeah, I know. That's probably the least worthy confirmation in the in his entire career. <laughs> um, but, you know, sure. Good to know. We all knew that, right?
3: Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was the worst kept secret in
1: comics. I feel. Yeah, probably. Um, but Doomsday Clock I keep forgetting that starts in November that starts sooner than we think
3: yeah I guess yeah it'll be here before we know it that's for sure
1: and the other thing that he announced for that book is that it's a year long that the book starts a year in DC's future but it takes place over a very short period of time so at the end of the year DC will have caught up with the Doomsday Clock timeline that's kind
3: of cool. That's that's like a year one style thing that that uh
2: It's like it's like one year later.
3: Yeah, one year later. Yeah. yeah that's that's what I yeah. mean. Yep.
1: Yeah. So I'm 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 kind of down for that. Yeah, me too. Um All right. Um also announced this uh week was a new digital first series Gotham City Garage which is based on, uh, much like DC Bombshells, based on a statue line. Um, did, I did you happen having to catch the creative team on this. I closed my window prematurely. Yeah,
3: the writer, oh. the writers are... Um, uh, oh, it's
1: the, um, the Lan- activists. Yeah, guys, right?
3: Lansing and... Oh, uh, okay. Hold on. Talk amongst uh, yourselves. Uh
1: Jackson, Jackson Lansing, Jackson Jackson,
3: Lansing, and Colin Kelly. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Sans Alyssa Milano.
1: Yeah, and and who is drawing it? Do you have that in front of you as well?
3: Um,
2: what is it called?
1: Uh, Gotham City Garage.
2: Gotham City Garage. Can I just say I had I was not aware of this uh, statue line at all prior to this.
1: Neither was I, actually.
2: Brian Ching is drawing the first
3: short little arc. I like Brian Ching. I love Brian Ching, yeah. I wasn't either, but you know I'm not a hog enthusiast.
1: (laughs) I got your hog right here, Vince.
3: If you can, oh, God. If you can read this, the bit, I'm not, I won't won't (laughs) finish that,
1: but. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, the idea of bombshells being a line based off of statues. I thought it was super dumb, and that book is great.
3: Yeah, so it's, what, really, God. if you include that, that's like probably one of my top ten favorite things. That, I mean, I guess it's on hiatus right now, but while it was running, it's it's one of my top ten favorite things DC was doing.
1: And it's coming back soon.
3: Yeah, Real soon. Yep, Bombshells United Next week, maybe.
1: Next week? Two weeks? I don't know if it. I don't know. I think it's. I think it's either late July or early August it comes back because this starts digitally in August. Oh, okay. It's got to the sure. Um, city garage. But yeah, good for everyone involved. It seems fine. I probably won't be keep, keeping up with it, but that's, you know, that's fine.
2: Maybe it'll be awesome.
1: I hope it's awesome. Uh, I hope that much like the Lego movie taught us that everything is awesome.
2: <laughs> that's a lie.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh. yeah um so uh we have, we're like halfway through our our news segment here and mm-hmm. we are like 35 minutes into recording so eh, there we go yeah yeah it's this is good stuff give, the, the, pe- give the
3: people what they want
1: exactly and they, they've been missing the the, the chemistry of, of uh <laughs> of the three of us of so. the
2: boys
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> How many Z's are on the end of our of our title? There, well, at
2: least three of three them for sure.
3: Yeah, okay. Because everybody right. takes a snooze when they listen to us.
1: Oh. Hi-oh! So, um... Grant Morrison's back, guys.
2: In like the best way possible.
1: No, the multiversity two is the okay,
2: best. Okay, fine. Way possible. Okay, fine. But, but more. This is. Less a sequel to Arkham Asylum, and more the continuation to his Batman run that I always wanted. Yeah. Yeah.
3: That's what. Uh, re- that's what really. Su- I heard Arkham Asylum two, and I was like, eh, and then I heard it was the Damian, st- and I'm like, ah, you, you with, bastard. With Burnham.
1: With Chris Burnham. With Chris yeah. Burnham.
3: Yeah, it's yeah. I, what, what more do you
1: want? Yeah, it's 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 pretty insane actually. Um but you know, it's great. I mean I know we say this every week and I know people think we're shills, but like DC is just killing it lately with this stuff. <laughs> it just seems to me like they finally figured out, like, oh wait, people like our characters. And they like it when good people create are working on these books. Let's do more of that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so he's doing, like you said, Arkham Asylum 2, which is really the Damien and the Future Bat stuff, as well as Wonder Woman Earth 1 Volume 2. I still have not read that Volume 1. Have either of you read it?
2: Yeah, it was, it was fun. Vince, I feel like if you will think – you'll think now since you – see, I read it before Rucka's Year 1, mm-hmm. and so I thought, oh, this seems derivative of Morrison's Earth 1 but Mm -hmm. now you'll think you'll probably think the other way around Mm
3: -hmm. and see Um, for me, for me, like, yes, I I did read wonder woman earth one. And I thought like between Rucka coming back and a run that I already really, really liked from Azarello and Chang, I kind of, I mean, it wasn't bad, but I was kind of like, I don't really have like emotional space to really care all that much about this. So I don't think I was as jet ja- like. There was just so much Wonder Woman going on, and this was just another or you know what I mean, an origin. Yeah. Like I want all the Wonder Woman I can get, but like I can only read the origin so many times. Hmm. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I think we're all pretty, pretty jazzed about this, and uh, with with good reason. Uh, let's transition over to the young animal side of things. The, the, big diff, the big change here is that the young animal books are going to be coming out under the Vertigo banner. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't know if the term young animal is being retired or if they're still going to be called young animal books, but there's going to be like Vertigo young animal. I think this is merely a um, an organizational move. Like now that Mark Doyle is in charge of Vertigo and young animal and the upcoming... Um, line of uh, more, like, adult stories that we've been talked about. Um, We've been uh, teased about, rather, that I I think that maybe this is just to put it further under one banner helps a little bit, but do you guys think Young Animal is going to change it all?
2: Well, it's obviously going to change some. What with the crossover stuff.
1: We'll get to that in a second, but in terms of being under the... Is of being under the Vertigo banner? Does that matter at all?
2: I don't see how it could.
3: Yeah, unless Vertigo itself becomes a place where you start to see more and more like, mainstream DC characters being used for more mature stories, then like, I could see that it would make more sense for there to be crossover between Young Animal and Vertigo in that way. And, but I, really, I think this is just mostly a editorial move, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, well, I, it, I, I may be off, but it also kind of maybe seems like they... Like, Young Animal always seem to make sense as, like, a Vertigo-type thing, but it, it almost seems like they launched as, as its own thing rather than under Vertigo because Vertigo has been kind of not, like, a toxic property, but... You know, nothing stagnant, it's stagnant exactly. And so now they've created this cool hip thing that they can inject back into vertigo, yeah.
1: Yeah, I I just thought of this. Um, I did listen to to the show that I was not on when Mike said, and I can't remember though, did you guys discuss the Sean Gordon Murphy Bat book? We didn't, okay, we should briefly mention that because that is. I believe part of this other imprint that Mark Doyle is um, going to be editing, the imprint without a name. Oh, that's too twisted to talk about. It it is quite twisted. It is, uh, it's called, is it Batman White Knight? Mm Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Um, I I don't have any notes on this, I just remember we didn't talk about it. And it's written and illustrated by Sean Gordon, Gordon Murphy, and essentially the plot is that Batman goes too far and the Joker has to save Gotham. Which is like that's essentially a transcript of my yawn. Like I do not give less of a shit about that. Yeah. Uh even though I love Murphy's artwork, it just it does it's a it's a fucking snooze for me. I'm really disappointed at that, that is his bat story. I was hoping it was gonna be a continuation of what he and Snyder have done in the past with Bat I know he's doing an arc on uh, All Star Batman with that stuff, but I would really rather Almost Well, is he though? This.
2: Because I thought All Star Batman was like d- definitely ending.
1: Well, it's ending, but it's coming back as part of that line.
2: Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't see that.
1: Yeah, Snyder essentially said that there's like there's this new initiative that's going to let people tell more art centric stories, and I believe they're actually going to be like larger books, like like you know like prestige. Yeah, but I think even like bigger than that. I think maybe like um magazine size, maybe magazine size. Yeah. Oh, that would be um, awesome. It would be awesome. And so Snyder said that all stars going to come back in that form. Okay. At some point. So we'll see. But I mean, are you guys at all excited about this story? <laughs> he said, didn't he
3: say at one point like the Joker is Don Draper? Yes, he did. <laughs> so he <laughs> listens... He's
2: also
1: been listening. To this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would say I, I I want I want to inner, uh, channel my inner child actor Moses Lack here and say you stole my bit, <laughs> like, you fucking stole our bit. That is totally our thing. <laughs> and he, uh, oh. yeah, he stole our bit. Oh God.
3: <laughs> <sighs> oh oh oh! I gotta tell my joke that I had when when we when we had the. Uh... God, how am I gonna? This is gonna be really clumsily worded, but you know how in Mad Men when uh, when they come up with the. Lucky Strike uh slogan it, it's it, toasted. it's toasted. Yeah. The slogan for this book is going to be it's twisted.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't play it.
2: I'm sorry. <laughs> they need to get Phil Noto to do Yes Batman yep. covers.
3: Yes, they do Yes. Oh god.
1: Uh I, I feel like there's gonna be a part where because of course Bruce is gonna have a gun on this. We just know that. Bruce is gonna be pointing a gun at Commissioner Gordon yeah. and he's gonna say like, I never get the credit, and Gordon's gonna say, That's what the bat signals for. <laughs> uh, yeah.
3: Gordon, Gordon as Peggy yes. is a weird way to go with that, but okay.
1: <laughs> no, Gordon is uh Gordon is Draper. Oh no, the Joker's Draper. Oh, Come sorry, on. The get... Joker's Draper. I'm sorry, fuck me. All right. <laughs> let's let's move on from this shit Who's gonna um,
2: who's gonna is he like gonna like pee down the bat suit? <laughs> <laughs> Joker. That's get... how he goes too far. He just like has just a huge <laughs> bender in the office.
1: Who's who's the Roger Sterling of this?
2: I see I would have uh, said Roger
3: Sterling is um Gordon.
1: Gordon. See, I I, I see Gordon as kind of Burt Cooper, you take your shoes off when you come in his office. Uh, well, you know.
2: Joker get uh, iPad.
1: Who's
2: who is the uh who is the guy in the last season who came in with uh cutler we had this conversation like harry
1: hamlin's character
2: maybe i don't know the actor. i always forget the actor's name
1: With the glasses
2: yeah with the glasses yeah,
1: harry hamlin yeah. okay
2: so he's the he's the j- riddler and this is war of jokes and riddles madman edition okay if don draper is the joker
1: um <laughs> someone cuts the nipple off let's move on uh <laughs> So uh while we're keeping with young animal all the non doom patrol books are going on hiatus from October to January and the only reason doom patrol isn't it appears is because doom patrol already did their hiatus uh which just which ends this week actually um or next week when we listen to this um and uh yeah so that's uh that's kind of a bummer but I understand that these books are not as um I feel like the people who are reading young animal books are not... The numbers aren't going to dip because they miss a month. Necessarily. Or a few months, a few months yeah.
2: Okay, um, but now clarify really quick. Yes. We're, we're getting Doom Patrol during that time, but it's the crossover one-shots.
1: No. I believe that starts in January.
2: Yeah, that kicks off the... the Okay. End of I the, thought hey, that's animals what we were getting in lieu of young animals, so I must have misread that.
1: No. No, I okay. believe we're getting... I believe we're just getting issues like 7 through 12. I think essentially that all the books are going to hit number 12. And then there's a break. Okay. So because Doom Patrol didn't come out for so long. right? right. They have to get to that. Um, but let's talk about that that crossover. We made a Doom Patrol, a series of four Doom Patrol one-shots. The only one that was announced so far is Doom Patrol Justice League. Which features a Frank Quietly cover of a new character... <laughs> And Vince, I know you want to say this name, so I'm gonna give you the honors here. Who's on the cover of the book? Milkman Man. Milkman Man, guys, it's incredible. It's the best. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I love it. Uh,
3: milkman Man,
1: Man Man. If my man, son man. wasn't already named, he'd be named Milkman Man Salvatore.
3: Repair Man 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 Man.
1: <laughs> uh, so, uh, what do you guys think about? young animal and the DC universe crossing over a little bit
2: I'm a little sad about it maybe
3: with, about a about the crossover
2: yeah I think so <sighs> if only because I'm afraid it's going to dilute the line a little bit
3: yeah I'm I'm with you it, it okay this is this is my answer. It depends on how it's sold to me. If it's sold to me like DC coming to crossover with Young Animal, and then it'll then it'll kind of be to me like um, the Cave Carson stuff with Superman, you know. But if it's now some of the Young Animal characters are gonna potentially appear down the road in normal DC books, that would disappoint me quite a bit i can handle a short little crossover where the heroes essentially come to their world i don't know about the other way around
1: i don't think that they want you to think of there being different worlds anymore
3: well yeah i understand that but you know i don't mean like literally different worlds you know no
1: i i know what you mean but i but I, i think
3: boxes yeah
1: yeah, like, you know, what I think is actually the—well, I mean, first of all, let's back up here. We've seen both Batman and Batwoman in Mother Panic, mm-hmm. and that, and clearly that's the Rebirth version to those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen Superman and Cave Carson. We've also seen characters like Wild Dog and the Metal Men that have not showed up in Rebirth yet, but one can presume will eventually show up, especially with Wild Dog oh, being— Oh,
3: Metal Men have.
1: In rebirth, they are in wow.
3: cyborg,
2: my friend. Yeah, that's right.
1: Oh, fuck me, you're right. <laughs>
2: um, but this is, but this is an alternate earth metalman, anyway.
1: Yes, this is alternate. you're yeah, right about that. You're right, yep. Um, but like I was gonna say, like, Wild Dog is such an important part of Arrow now that I'd be shocked if he wasn't part of the DCU proper. Um, it doesn't really bother me as long as the tone of the two separate. Lines retains unless the the lines can still retain their tones. Mm-hmm. I don't care about crossovers. Yeah, I don't. All right, there's that right. milkman man. Let's do it, guys. <laughs> That's good though. That's great. Milkman
3: man uh, is really good. Yeah. Uh, is there a milk? Yeah. Is there a Mrs. Milkman man?
2: <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Milk milkman, lady woman? girl. <laughs>
3: yeah. Milk. Milkman. Lass, milkman lass,
2: <laughs> yeah. milk <Sorry>. milk person, <laughs> ms Milkman man. <laughs> let's de- let's degender it. Yeah, yeah, that's 2013.
3: You're right. You're
1: right. You're all right. milkman matter. There we go. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> so uh, not the I, one I, that
3: I, fucked my wife.
0: You broke
1: me. <laughs> we have like five minutes. We gotta take a break. I want to take a break now because I'm laughing so hard. Oh Jesus Christ! All right, power through here. Um, this is a late addition to our our our, uh, our agenda here, but I remember we didn't talk about it. Um, there's gonna be a Superman Year One book written by Frank Miller.
2: See this uh huh, I forgot forgotten about it before the chat, but yeah,
1: Did <laughs> Did you see this or no? yes, okay, I'm...
2: with, with JRJR J. on art,
3: yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm laughing about that,
1: not my milkman joke anymore.
2: <laughs>
1: um, I uh, you guys can't see, but I'm doing the world's largest jerk off motion right now. So I could not care less about this book.
3: I'm the goddamn Superman,
1: yeah, exactly. Isn't did you be-
2: did you read his like his uh his like explanation for it
1: no share it with me please
2: well basically it was just like when he wrote batman he couldn't write a good superman because obviously superman has to be the person that batman resents and hates the most but doing that made him sad that he couldn't write a good superman so now he's going to write a good superman
3: oh so is Batman going to be the asshole?
2: Probably. Hmm. No, Superman will definitely still be the
0: asshole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
2: He's gonna beat Lois and oh, <laughs> like, like starve crypto and just be a horrible human being.
3: Yep. All in the name of yeah.
2: justice.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right to me uh let's do a, sort of a quick tour through the uh the dc extended universe announcements that happened do we have to um yeah I, I, i'm just gonna here's what we're gonna do i'm gonna we're, we're gonna pull an old game uh from our from our history here i know it's not really applicable to movies but we're gonna do it anyway i'm just gonna say something that you guys are gonna say pull pirate pull <laughs> is it a good thing is it an okay thing or is it a bad thing for the, the dc films you ready yeah all right um Robin presumably Dick Grayson will show up in the background movie. Vince, Paul, Paul. Hey, the Flash film is gonna be called the Flash Flashpoint. Paul, pirate, Paul,
2: <laughs> What the heck, pirate? Pulp.
1: Uh, how Jordan and John Stewart are going to be the co-leads of the Green Lantern Core movie. Vince, pirate, pirate. Uh, Shazam will be filming in 2018 and uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson no longer as Black Adam, supposedly. Uh, Well, just in that movie, I think. He's
2: still supposed to be Black Adam later, right?
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, I believe so, yes. The
3: idea was two separate movies that will eventually converge in a sequel or something like that.
1: Yeah, I I just kind of hope that he's actually playing Captain Marvel instead of Black Adam. I think he should play both. Yeah, that'd be great. Pirate
2: sure pirate
1: uh harley quinn versus the joker suicide squad spinoff movie this is truly twisted so for this instead of pull pirate and pulp we're gonna do uh twisted Damaged. damage or um or or puddin or
2: or, or, or joker is this is this is this air is air on this
3: no no no, no 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 it's no it's a, they're looking for a new director is it Quentin Tarantino? <laughs> if it is, that's that's Putin. <laughs> that's
2: Puddin.
1: Uh, Tar- yeah, Putin's, Putin's <laughs> the best, damaged is the middle, and twisted is the worst here.
2: <laughs> I don't know. How do you even rate
1: this? It's, let's let me
3: just cut to the chase. It's twisted. We all think it's twisted. Let's all
1: yes, not... know it's twisted. <laughs> oh it. boy. And finally, rumors are heating up that Ben Affleck is gonna be out of the Batman job soon, even though he said it's quote the best fucking character in the world to play. Uh pull power oh, to
2: pull. Pull pull real hard. Is that
3: does that mean you're glad he's off? Yeah. Pull, pull is pull is good for him being off.
2: I'm yeah. glad he's I'm glad he's off.
3: Um
2: That 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 is um separate from any implications it might have
3: sure okay okay i'm gonna say pirate because i actually don't like i think somewhere in ben affleck there's a decent batman or whatever but i he he looks miserable playing the part so i (laughs) so that makes it that's like he can't get over his parents dying oh (laughs) yeah that's a good so that's like that's like a pulp almost you know but like yeah I don't. Ha- I hate a lot about Batman versus Superman, and like I don't
1: hate him in it.
3: Yeah, Ben Affleck is way down the list of the reasons why I dislike that movie.
1: I actually like him quite a bit as Bruce Wayne. Yeah, like, he's. Basically... A, he, yeah, he's like a weirdly like.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I really liked how creepy <laughs> he is at emails. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh,
1: yeah
2: yeah
0: exactly um, right, yeah
1: well, that's that's our nearly hour of news. My conversation God. uh, we're gonna take a break. we'll be back in just well, a minute with but we didn't talk
2: about Jeffrey Dean Morgan as the star of the oh, Batman trilogy
1: yeah, we should probably briefly get to this, so if oh boy, if this flashpoint movie happens. And if they treated it as actual Flashpoint, isn't this sort of the thing they've really wanted to do from the beginning? Like, to me, this is how they can keep Wonder Woman in continuity, but totally reboot Batman, reboot Superman, reboot anything that doesn't work. All you have to do is you have to believe in Ezra Miller enough as Barry Allen. That's pretty much all you have to do. Or you have him, like, run on the cosmic treadmill and come out as um, Grant Gustin that's not going to happen.
3: Come on. I know
1: it's not going to happen.
3: So but... So here's the thing. Flashpoint does like every time they do like a new media adaptation or like a new extended universe universe, they seem to have to trot out Flashpoint. Which they essentially use to make like to be like edgy alternate, like you think you know the story of the Justice League. Ah, what if what if Batman was Bruce Wayne's dad? Isn't that twisted? You know, like <laughs> it really feels like they do that every time. And like Jeff Johns like adjusts his bow tie and and blows the dust off of this like business card that says Flashpoint on it, <laughs> like every chance he gets. And I just don't think like okay, for the most part. Nobody likes these DC Extended Universe movies, right?
1: Except Wonder Woman. People tend to like Except that. Except
3: Wonder Woman. And they're so, like... It's so it's a, so young yet. It's not like Marvel, where there have been literally, literally, like, 20 movies. There, There's been, like, three movies. And so...
1: There's been four movies, come on.
3: I don't think of Suicide Squad. I never include that for some reason. But... Regardless, um, it just feels like it's way... er Oh, God, Zach. (laughs) Zach just posted something so twisted in the the chat. No, I just think it's so young that, like... One of
1: our twisted competitors.
3: Like, to get audiences in and to say, here's Flashpoint now, and Batman going forward is actually Thomas Wayne. Like, that seems like such a... Yeah, it might solve some of their problems with the direction that they took with this movie series but like it seems way too convoluted for its own good
1: see here's sorry zach go ahead
2: well you go ahead and say yours because i I have like a small thesis on why i think flashpoint may be maybe not maybe not a good move but a move that would be very appealing to dc right now
1: yeah well i i had a similar thing i don't think vince that this is going to mean that Thomas Wayne is Batman going forward. What I think this is going to mean is that they're going to literally do with this movie what they did with the Flashpoint series, which is that the DC Extended Universe after the movie can be reshaped in the way they want it to be. So like how the Green Lantern books weren't touched in Flashpoint, uh-huh. the Wonder Woman film is not going to be touched in the Flashpoint movie. But you can get you can get you can recast all the roles you want to recast. You can keep anything you want, throw away anything you want, and you can just you know do the aristocrats hand motion and say flashpoint, you know, and that's why it happened.
3: Yeah, just seems way too early for that.
1: It does. Oh, oh it, I agree it with you there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So so here's what. Obviously, they're doubling down really hard on Wonder Woman right now. Like the the new trailer was like a minute and a half of Wonder Woman, and then other stuff um and they're also banking pretty hard on aquaman being a success or being well received right and flashpoint is basically like an excuse for them to get to do a wonder woman aquaman movie under the guise of a flash movie
3: (laughs) if they follow it to
2: the letter yeah right that's which at this point we have no reason to think that they wouldn't
1: that's interesting it actually makes a ton of sense because you can also do then what DC also loves to do, and you can have the superheroes fight each other without it being, without getting the criticism of it being dark and gritty. Because, hey, this is a dark and gritty alternate universe. This isn't, yep. you know, oh, oh yeah. I'm,
3: I'm still going to bomb that criticism at
1: them. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. All right, I mean it this time. Now we are taking a break. All right. We'll be back in a second with more DC3Cast. Hi, I'm Paul, the host of the Comic Syllabus Podcast, a weekly show on the Multiversity Network of Podcasts. We read widely and we dig deep, bringing different analytical approaches to our study and appreciation of the wide variety of comics out there. Along with comics teachers, critics, and creators, we do close readings of classic and current exemplars of the medium. And we invite you to join us every Tuesday here at MultiversityComics.com. So let's dig deep. And we are back with our reviews of books for the week. These are the books that were released on July 19th, 2017. If you haven't read them yet, pause the podcast, go read the books, come back, because we're going to spoil some shit. Um, first is Aquaman. Number 26. 26, right? That sounds wrong, but... 26. Yeah, 26. It's 26, uh, yeah. Yeah. Written by Dad Abnett. Illustrated by uh, the unpronounceable Sedgik. Sedgik. How did we come down on this last time? Stepan Sedgik.
3: And, and we don't know if that's right, but we got to say it with confidence.
2: I'm pretty yeah. sure it's Sufjan
1: Stevens. Oh, okay, that's yes.
3: right. You're right. Yep. yep. That
1: does make a lot of sense. Uh, so this is the, the second part of this new arc, and... God damn this is this a good comic, guys?
2: <laughs> it's yeah, this,
1: um this book just uh
2: it was already good, but now it's just ugh, I get chills.
3: It's next level shit now. Yeah. It's you know, this comparison gets thrown around and I'm not even like a huge fan of the property, but it's got the like Game of Thrones level of like uh, royal political espionage type stuff going on, you know, different factions, uh, making power moves and things like that, you know? Um, yeah. There's, yeah, there's like three or four different factions that you kind of have to keep track of. And Abnett's doing a really good job of, like, telling you what all those motivations are. Um, but it's, 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 it's really satisfying, sort of deep. Uh, kind of political
2: story in that way. Yeah. It's it's pretty much Game of Thrones meets Street Sharks. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Almost spit out my beer.
2: <laughs> Ooh. Uh, but I, like really good.
1: Yeah. I have kind of a weird comparison to make as well. I don't think it's just the art, but something about this reminds me of Jason Aaron's early Thor stuff. see
3: that yeah that's interesting I mean, uh, yeah
1: we're comparing this to all good stuff you know yeah. this is uh this is this is just really good i think there's a lot of interesting stuff going on here i think as v- Vince as you mentioned the sort of political stuff could be if if it, in the wrong hands could be real shit but they're doing such a nice job they being Abnett specifically with his script but also sezik with his um is Every scene, even when it's a scene of just two people talking, it's so beautifully rendered. And one of the nice things about this run, and I forget, maybe it was Alice when she was in the show to talk to us about this, how the Atlantis, Atlantis just looks really unique here. It doesn't look like how we've seen Atlantis portrayed in the past. And I feel like this, this new art just kind of doubles down on that everything just looks so interesting it's such a visually pleasing book sejix layouts are really really clean and the action moves along there's nothing there's no like crazy layouts here but everything just it really really works i don't know i i feel like i'm having a hard time describing it the book is just a pleasure to read
2: yeah no you're totally right like that scene with volko and the the widow yeah um yeah, it's just two people talking, but the the composition of the page, their facial expressions, the, the flow of everything, it it just felt so good um, and, and very compelling. And all of these new characters and places that we're seeing are all really interesting. Um, and also just the way that... Um, like, I'm not sure how much time has passed since you know, in, in like story with all of this, but the way they've built up Arthur as kind of like, you know, this this myth, you know, this almost kind of like Batman-esque figure. Yeah. It's, it, it
1: totally it's really works.
3: And, um, and yet at the same time, you can have villains named Crush and Cadaver with K's. <laughs> <laughs> and like they totally serve a role and aren't a joke, and <laughs> and it rules. <laughs> yeah,
1: man. I'm the with Canabra you rules.
3: Yeah, this is such, like... a, such a great book now. Yeah, I mean it. All it it always was good, but you know, it's great now.
1: I wonder if uh. We talked about this briefly off the air, how the book is, is now monthly. I wonder if we're going to see more of the twice-monthly books go monthly simply to allow the artists more time to so, – so so there can be a more consistent art team. No matter how good you are, you can't be drawing two issues a month. And I think it's, it's worth the month wait to have Cedric's art on this book.
2: Oh, I definitely agree. Yeah, for all the books that aren't trying to get to issue 100, I think it's okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Aquaman's a quarter of the way there.
0: It is a quarter. Wow.
1: Anything else to say about this book?
2: Very good. It might have been my favorite book this week.
1: Yeah, I think it was my favorite book this week. I Um, think I
3: would concur, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Next up, we have Batman number 27... The War of Jokes and Riddles Interlude. The Ballad of the Kite Man Part 1. Written by Tom King. Illustrated by Clay Mann. Um, Vince, you really hated this, didn't I, you?
3: I hate this. I hate the War of Jokes and Riddles. I, I'm i probably going to hate everything that comes out of this arc, I guess. I, I just can't stay... Everybody is so... Grim, dark, and edgy. Everyone across the board. It's, I can't, I can't deal.
1: I think it's really weird that there's a couple of instances here where King is using characters. And obviously this is the past. They haven't established how far in the past. But this is, you know, this is right after the zero year. But it's just weird to me that, like, you would use Clayface in this book as as being a shitty villain Without really addressing that, like he's a hero right now, and he's a really compelling character. So just to show him being essentially a goon in this, I don't think it's sol- I don't think that helps anything at all. It's just a weird choice. Even Deadshot appears very different here than he does in Suicide Squad right now, and it's not far enough in the past that this is like a clever look back. It just feels like a weird out-of-character moment, and you remember, like, oh, yeah, this was five years ago, or whatever it is.
2: Well, but that's technically supposed to be, like, the
1: very beginning, though, right? Right, yeah.
2: I feel like that makes sense.
1: I just, I just don't think it's being done very effectively, I guess. Um, I, I feel like they should either focus on that or not focus on that. And they're doing this... King's doing this halfway thing. I will say this. I, I think that the parts with Kite Man's son did tug at the heartstrings a bit, even if it's so overplayed and so amped up to 11 and the kid dying while saying that he thinks he's going to go to hell is really, you know, <laughs> over the top. Um, but I, I do think that there's uh, there's something there. When you say that, it makes me feel really bad
2: because I was about to say, I thought this issue was really funny.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Um so I I enjoyed the whole like we, the little you know he said he said she said thing through the whole book just because it was so absurd. I liked the clay face bit. I liked the two page spread with the Joker just walking through being like good grief <laughs> good grief especially with like the Charlie Brown references throughout mm-hmm. the book. And then I liked the couch scene that was just it's none of it is funny but it's it's so humorless in its absurdity that it tickled a funny bone (laughs) i think king made me laugh by trying
1: to make me not laugh (laughs) um i will say maybe the worst thing tom king's ever done is his styling of the riddler
2: oh i hate it what it's is
0: so bad about this
2: riddler i I mean oh riddler sorry i thought
1: you said joker no riddler like I, I, like the unbuttoned them. shirt yeah his first Riddler's of all the worst and if you look at the riddler like he's he unbuttons the shirt but he keeps how? the bottom button buttoned so like he still tucks it into his pants but how, only how the bottom that, button like, is buttoned how is he that
2: chiseled? he's the joker He's the Riddler. He's be the Riddler. Gosh, I'm so twisted right
1: now. <laughs> Maybe the punchline of the story is that the Joker is the Riddler, and the Riddler is the Joker. Oh no, because they're both Batman. Remember? Oh, I forgot. Yes, they're both <laughs> no, Batman. You're, God, you're what about a bane.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh wow, I I think we've unlocked uh, we've unlocked Tom King's Batman. Everyone is Batman.
1: The, the, oh God, I don't I, one I... get over the death of Martha Wayne.
3: <laughs> you all, you all, every Batman. yeah that's right i hate this so badly oh god just talking about it makes me mad
2: i like this joker (laughs) i'm gonna be out i'm gonna go out there and just say it i don't
1: i don't like this joker but i like this riddler way less you like this riddler less uh,
2: so you I like the Riddler more than this Joker.
1: Yes, the Riddler. Okay. This Riddler is way worse than this Joker.
3: I can agree with that, but it's like that's not saying much. No, it's not
1: saying anything.
2: Of every Joker I've had to read since since Oberyn Sexted.
3: Well, that's really only that's really best... only like one other Joker. Oh. You know been a
1: few jokers there are three jokers we all know this <laughs> there were three jokers
0: God. well oh, i mean
2: really we had faceless joker and then we
3: had face back on joker and then we had
1: amnesia joker. Yeah. amnesia joker
3: i was thinking purely of the creator you know like there's basically been one i mean tony daniel wrote him a little bit but like scott snyder was the it's been Scott Snyder's Joker for the longest time.
2: Yeah. Jared Leto's Joker. Oh, man, that's
3: the most twisted of all. This this Joker's not sending you used condoms in the mail.
0: <laughs> it's true. <laughs>
3: he's just grumpy. He's that's just, exactly he's just why I, Joker. I don't like him. That's Whatever happened to the silly... I want a silly Joker.
1: I just love I, that Joker.
3: He's more, like,
2: pouty, though. He's, like, pouty Joker.
3: He's, he's, he's cute,
2: Sundari Joker. Yes, exactly. That's why I like him.
1: <laughs> I think it would be really funny if they tried to pattern the Joker after a different type of stand-up comedy every couple of years. <laughs> so we got, like, three years of prop comic Joker. Oh, yeah. And then, sure. we, then we got three years of, like, 90s alt-comedy Joker. He just told stories.
3: And, and, <laughs> and, then, then, and uh, then we've got, like, vulgar dad Louis C.K.,
1: exactly yeah
3: yeah i love harley quinn but i hate her guts i want her dead you know
1: yeah exactly yeah yeah and then and then at some point you get carlos mencia joker who just steals all the riddler's (laughs) shit
3: see we're on to something there
1: yeah it's good (laughs) Uh, what's not good is this comic now here's my question since all the solicits are fucked up because th- this was supposed to be part 3 of the Warren jokes and riddles and then it wasn't it was uh it was this interlude so this is also listed though as the ballad of the kite man or is that what it's called the ballad of the kite man whatever it is yeah part 1 so are we getting a second part of this stupid story
3: we are yeah. getting another interlude they, these the interludes have are... been planned yeah
2: yeah
1: but it wasn't planned this early
2: no no I, well i think it was planned pretty close though i think they maybe just moved it up one
1: right i don't well i don't know because when dc sent me the solicit with the preview it was still the part three solicit let's
3: see what 28 says i think they just thought you know we have these interludes effectively we could drop them pretty much anywhere we want Mm -hmm. and so they needed it early or whatever so they did that's what i feel
2: yeah, I don't know cuz now number 30 says that part it's part 2
1: of this of the interlude of the interlude, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know.
3: Of the wonderful interlude we all wanted. Yep.
2: Sure. I I mean, I do I think the interlude is better than the main event.
1: I well, let, I don't know. <laughs> let's let's move on to a Batman story that is quite good. And that's Batman 66 meets the Legion Superheroes. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, we got the Allreds doing their thing on this. There's, uh, you know, Mike Allred interiors is always a reason to celebrate, and we get that here. There's a lot of fun Batman 66 stuff thrown in here. There's a lot of fun Legion stuff thrown in here. This is not going to change anyone's life, but it's a really fun comic.
2: Yeah, it is really good. You know, it's weird. It's kind of like embarrassing how much great Mike Allred stuff we're getting at DC right now.
1: Yep. This month alone, three interiors.
2: Crazy. Just crazy
3: to think that that happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be (laughs) fair, Doom Patrol is like four months late or whatever. That's we're getting that, but still. Yeah. I think my favorite bit of weirdness, though was when the Legion are in the, uh, the Bat Cave and someone's like, where's the dinosaur? Where's the giant green penny? And Robin's like, just turn around. And he's like, oh, wow, I never noticed it there before. Just like as if the whole series, if you just turned around, that giant dinosaur was there.
3: Yeah, I... Is... Okay, is that what it was... Because the, the, the reference is that there was no giant dinosaur in the original uh, series. In the show?
1: Right, yeah. So, but the idea that it was there, you just never saw yeah, it. Yeah, I get.
3: I like was that, trying. So. I was trying to because I'm not as well versed. I mean, I watched a little bit of the animated se- or <laughs> the the '66 series, like when I was a kid, but I couldn't tell you whether the giant penny and the dinosaur were there or not. You know,
1: like you mean you haven't that- seen every episode multiple times that I have?
3: No, no. Okay. Sorry, we we all can't. You know, some of us have jobs.
1: Um, I haven't seen them since I was in grade school, <laughs> but I've seen every episode multiple times. It used to be the same time every day, and I watched it like three years running, so I'd see every episode multiple times.
3: Okay, well, regardless, I couldn't figure out what that joke was, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I liked it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. That's cute, though, now that you've explained it to me. that's That's great.
1: No, I did not get all the like zebra robin jokes all that stuff was those that those all real... silver age
3: That's all like silver age stuff, right? It's silver right. age stuff.
2: It's yeah. I was going to
1: say that's not stuff from the Batman 66 comic. That's from actual silver age Robin stories, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, like definitely the turtle and the zebra. I recognize those.
1: Yeah. And... Was, I wasn't sure if, the, if those were well, silver I... age things. Oh, but or if actually those the, were... turtle...
2: Is
0: it the turtle isn't the
2: turtle a Jimmy Olsen thing though?
3: It is Jimmy Olsen, yeah. Yep. But that's a silver age Jimmy Olsen thing.
1: It says Giant Turtle Olson there. Yeah. Um, I oh, yeah. The 66 comic or from the actual Silver Age stories.
3: No, they're from the real stories. Okay. Then there was a, one of the first things uh, Adam West Batman says is Great Einstein, which is a yep. nice uh, callback to uh, Madman. Allred, mm-hmm. Allred's Madman.
1: I also really enjoyed the, um, like the game board in the middle of the issue. Mm-hmm. Where uh one of the things is some days you just can't get rid of an egg bomb.
3: <laughs> yep. And then what I thought was, was one of the funniest things was when <laughs> Feral Lad at the very end is asking uh Brainiac five about like time paradoxes and he's like, You know, mm-hmm. if we if we went back in time and we changed our history like this, does this mean it was always part of our history? And Brainiac's basically like he basically just deflects, and he's like, uh, I don't know, it doesn't matter as long as we tune into the same bat time, same bat yeah. century, and, like, just totally
1: blows over the question. Yeah.
3: <laughs> this, like, needlessly complex question about time.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, so much fun. Yeah. And you got shame in there, and you got, uh, you know, all these great little Batman 66 uh, references good stuff yeah plus I... solomon grundy
3: yep born on a monday i hope uh i hope all red kind of pops in and out of dc for the next well, as long as he lives you know i hope he always comes back once in a while to do more projects it's always a joy when he's drawing
1: absolutely zach anything to say about this this was delightful you know I love Legion I know you do I know you do um, we got Batwoman number five coming up next written by Marguerite Bennett and James Ted IV, the fourth illustrated by Stephanie Hans um, I, I kind of have a hot take about this comic but I want to hear what you guys say first I think
3: you should take it away hotly <laughs> yeah because we might agree
1: I don't give a shit about this lost year anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I uh it was an interesting idea in that first issue, but there's is so much interesting stuff that can be going on with Kate in the present. We see her like lead the colony eventually, like so all this stuff I can't wait to see. I would even rather see her like her missing adventures with that supernatural team she had in the new fifty two. Like, I just don't care about this. I just don't care. Yeah, this was
3: for me this was one issue too far on that stuff. Like I was perfectly happy with that first arc and c- kind of ready to put it to bed and then when I saw that this was sort of like a flashback issue, I immediately thought okay, this is going to be filler and I'm I was ready to move on. And they tease you they tease you the image of her in the colony outfit yet again in this yep. issue. And that just made me say like, I want that, I want that sooner than later. And I didn't need. I felt like all this was was like a emo- emotional padding for the characters, but I feel like you have a lot of that with Kate already, and yeah, and I feel like we got the point. And yeah, so this issue was kind of like a lost issue for me. I'm still I'm still big on this series, but. Man, I, I was ready to move on, for now. And um... yeah,
2: this is this is like the kind of filler issues you get for the the double shipping books. Mm-hmm. But
1: it's. But it's not double thing. shipping. Yeah, I will say though, Stephanie Hans's art was gorgeous, mm-hmm. especially yes. the shots of the the ocean when when they're at sea. It's really really beautiful stuff. Um, but. Again, I just don't care. Just don't care. Anything else to say?
3: No, I think, we, I think we covered it.
1: Good. Moving right along. Cave Carson is a cybernetic guy. Number 10, written by Gerard Way and John Rivera, illustrated by Michael Avon Oming. Um, we get sort of more of the same. They're still traveling... Through the multiverse, they meet Cave Carson Jr. We get another little sneak peek at the Metal Men here. Um, get Wild Dog, Wild Dogging around. Rod, raw, raw
3: dogging
1: it. Raw dogging it, yeah.
3: <laughs> Zach, what'd you think? This was very good,
2: and this is one half of the thing that I wanted to talk about earlier.
1: Okay, go for it.
2: Is that? Am I? Were
3: we on the same page, Vince? I think is the other thing in Wildstorm. No. Oh baby. Okay. Then this is actually in Justice League. Nope. Okay. We're I, com- we're I, on completely different Justice pages. So okay. I was okay. on
1: the Justice League tip with you, Zach. So basically, they talk
2: about the exact same like idea of how like this the universe works. Yeah, yeah. The rebirth thing. About how it's like everything's just constantly, like, rebooting and refreshing. Mm Mm-hmm. Which makes me wonder if that's, like, part of where this young animal DC crossover thing is going.
3: That's interesting. That shows up again in Justice League and in Trinity. But... You're... Yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting that, that it's in Cave Carson. It's funny because... Obviously, I read Cave Carson, and I picked up on that, but because it's not a DC Rebirth book, I didn't, I just thought, oh, that's just a similar narrative device that, I mean, comics comment on that all the time, you know? Right, yeah. But I think that's, I think you might be onto something now in the context of Comic-Con. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I I am still. This is still my favorite young animal book. I know I'm the only one of the three of us who feels that way, but this is still my favorite young animal book. I just think it's so fun. I think Oming has never done better work than he's doing on this book, and I'm loving all the peripheral characters. I I love when uh, when Cave what caves with his daughter and she's like so was was that ship the first place you made out with mom he's like no we made you there (laughs) yeah and she was so grossed out by that i love that it was just it was charming it was funny it's it's great this book's great
3: yeah that was great i I like that there's like a alternate cave carson jr that shows up and Mm -hmm. there's already some sort of sibling rivalry between uh him and cave's daughter and there's a lot of good little comedic beats between um Like, the group, and then the new Cave Carson Jr., and Wild Dog, and yeah, it was a lot of of little funny stuff. And then, I love when comics do the thing that they did at the end, where there's, like, Future Cave, and the Metal Men. I I love reveals like that, and um, I feel that's, that's like, in the spirit of, sort of, Cape comics at their very best, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I love like alt universe type stuff. Alt timeline.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um now Oh, I have to I have to admit, I think I made a goof.
2: I read this issue and the last issue back to back and I think the stuff that I was referencing was in the last issue. Oh, oh maybe
1: it was but notwithstanding it's still
2: similar. Mm-hmm. Because it, 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 yeah, yeah, it was almost like it was so similar that that I like made note of it. So yeah, just to clarify, because I was like flipping through this issue and I was like, I can't find what I was thinking about. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, there we go.
1: Um, so did anyone else notice the similarity with the rebuilt Mrs. Carson and the Lois Lane Red Tornado from Earth Two?
3: Oh no, I didn't think about that.
1: Yeah, very similar look. Not, not, nothing that means anything. Just, just a, an observation.
2: Yeah, is that so? That's supposed to be the other Cave Carson, right at the end too. Yeah.
1: I believe so. Yes. Why is his head so big?
3: <laughs> that's just some of us way, have big heads. Just the way Oming draws sometimes. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if maybe
2: he was supposed to be like super smart.
1: could be i guess uh that brings us to green arrow number 27 the second part of the hard traveling hero storyline we get wonder woman showing up this week which was fun um this is always written by ben percy this week illustrated by jamal campbell whose style fit right in with what with what dc's been doing on this book yeah i we've i made
3: a note here um as far as Jamal Campbell's concerned, we liked him on that vixen one shot yes we did and then there was another fill in that he did, and I don't remember what it was i don't remember if it was i think it was uh um, was,
2: was it JLA?
3: was it j l a and and we we saw it and we were like this doesn't we didn't we didn't like it, it was like stiff and weird, but I knew that we had liked him earlier and now now on this, I think he, it was good again, so I don't know what the difference was for that one issue that we didn't like, but I, I liked this quite a bit, you know, it, it fit well and I don't think it was, I wouldn't have called it stiff, you know, so.
1: Maybe someone else was inking him
3: That that? On could, that? Yeah, I can't remember what we decided, but we definitely spent an episode, like, trying to figure out this mystery of how we could not like him, you know, just a couple months, or, you know, we could have yeah. liked him a couple months ago and then all of a sudden didn't. <laughs> This was very good though. This was this was good.
1: Yeah, I'm liking this Ollie meets the Justice League one by one thing.
3: You can tell that they're setting him up for membership for sure.
1: Which is good. He should be a member of the Justice League. He should be.
3: They also gave him like a big speech at the end in, in the middle of Washington D.C. about how what America should stand for.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Which is interesting when you consider a comic we're gonna talk about later.
1: Uh, <laughs> Man, I can't wait to get your take on oh that comic. Oh god. Okay. Um but yeah, no, I thought this was good. I, I really enjoy I enjoyed this sort of parallel judgment for moralization between Ollie and uh, Diana. And they both basically both accuse each other of being like moralizers and not really being in the real world and all that—that that was really interesting and fun. This is just a fun comic. Mm-hmm. Man, we have nothing to say about these books tonight.
2: Yeah. I, I don't know. we're, so quick, uh, we're doing all right. Well, variant cover watch. I saw this cover and thought it was a sod and got really excited,
0: but uh, then I oh. checked and
2: it was—it's uh, my girl, but. Something about it, it looks very Ribbick-esque.
3: Imagine if DC got him.
2: That's what I was like, oh my goodness. Are they opening the door to this? Because then, like, really, who does Marvel have?
1: Ribbicked for our pleasure. Oh,
2: God.
3: (laughs) Brian. It
1: was right there, come on.
3: Oh. Man. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That I could bum you out. Uh, uh, I've
3: got I've got something to say about Green Lanterns number
1: twenty seven. Well, uh, let's just get out the, uh, off the off uh, the off the bench here and let you get to it. Uh, written by Sam Humphreys, illustrated by Ronan Clique. Go for it.
3: All right, my relationship to this title continues to be very complicated. In that I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's good. Like I don't think it's well written. <laughs> Okay. I think the scripts are usually I think the scripts could almost always use like another pass through. But I will give oh. Sam, I'll give Sam Humphrey's this. There are things going on in these recent arcs that have suddenly made this book into a pretty high concept book all things considered. And I'm not sure about the scripting, but I I like a lot of the ideas, and I I can confidently say that his Green Lantern title feels like no other Green Lantern book since Johns started writing it, and that's that's both good and bad, but I'm I'm starting to appreciate the good, you know.
1: Well, appreciate it soon because Tim Seeley's taking the book over. That's right.
3: Yes, and I'm. <laughs> I'll just say I'm very excited about that, like that's totally fine with me. I'm just saying there are there are things about this that i there could have been a good book in here somewhere. there yeah. could have been a really interesting book
2: i think I think I'm with you Vince um two things in this issue I really liked I liked the the little Hive Mind people who sent out this like explorer as him, as his lone self i thought that was like a really great just sci-fi idea mm-hmm. um which i really liked this kind of like slow revealing of the these like seven original lanterns or whatever i thought most of those have been pretty pretty interesting and then the other thing i really liked was the the like planet of the apes reveal twist ending where <laughs> Oh, they were on Earth the whole time. Baby White Lantern thing.
3: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that's really cool. I think that's a really good idea. And um, yeah, it just needs like a punchier script or something.
1: Uh, Before I forget, this is not related at all, but we haven't talked about it. We probably should. Uh, Christopher Sabella taking over Blue Beetle.
3: For, I guess, for one arc.
1: Which is the last arc of the book that's being canceled.
2: Oh, oh also, I didn't realize that. Also, yeah. Bernard oh, sh- Chang writing and drawing Batman Beyond. Yes. Yeah.
3: Oof. I don't know. How, I I'm conflicted on that.
2: It can't get worse.
3: You're right. You're right. Well, that's not true. It could.
1: But... <laughs> uh, Vince, did you page your Harley Quinn this week? No, absolutely not. Didn't touch it. Uh, they did say, by the way, that this backup is ending. And it will be back at some point next year. Oh, that's but, a shame. Yeah. So, that's our Harley Quinn update for this week. <laughs> um, that brings us to Justice League number 25, which is the most Brian Hitch issue of this book so far. What a slog. Yeah, oh, written by God. Hitch. Illustrated by Tom Derenick with one, two, three inkers Because, of course, um, this book pissed me off for so many reasons. <laughs>
3: So, nobody wants an extra-sized Brian Hitch written Justice League, right?
1: No, no, no one at all.
3: That's like that's like putting uh, the ingredients to NyQuil on the cover and saying, <laughs> yeah. "This is what's in it."
1: To to steal a joke from one of my favorite movies of all time, this is punishment for shoplifting <laughs> in some countries.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Who? Wh- why is this molly character still a thing
1: all right so here's what here's my first problem with this bullshit book hitch hasn't written an issue in months it's been at least a month since there was the last issue with this molly character and they do nothing to reintroduce her and this book is so fucking boring i totally forgot she was a thing yeah, I got really worried that I had missed something in that Tom DeFalco issue I skipped. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you didn't miss anything. But, like, <laughs> I, I just feel like that's really lazy writing. Yeah. Just, like, one sentence would have been very helpful.
2: Well, especially because she looks like she could be, like, any, like, nondescript 90s superhero. She could have been know.
1: Tracy third She could have been from Gen 13. She <laughs> yes, been from, Yeah. Uh, like anything, yeah, I agree.
3: I don't remember what her deal is at all. I, uh, I, she I, was in the
0: she was in that timeless arc, right? She yep. Wanted to destroy the Justice League or something like that. Yeah.
1: Um. It also didn't help, and this is this is just in the interest of full disclosure. It didn't help that the PDF we got from DC to review this was totally out of order. Was it? I didn't. Even oh notice. yes, it Did was incredibly noticed? out of order. Yeah, I mean, things. I, Things happened that didn't happen and then happened again and all that, yeah. I just, uh, I guess
3: that's. You know what, I I, I guess I just assumed that because there was that one issue where you saw like Barry Allen have go through the same sequence of events three times. And what? I guess I just chalked it up to like, well, they're just doing this again or like, I don't know. I...
1: I'm i pretty sure we just got it out of order. I haven't checked on comiXology yet to see. Is there, if is there like a, do you have it there in front of you? Is there like a particular spot? there's a couple of spots there's um hang on
3: okay well you know what the bottom line is the bottom line is that it sucks they, that this book is no good and I, to be honest i'm only half paying attention when i read it yeah like
1: yeah i so first thing that pisses me off about this book the idea of school kids watching one of their teachers commit suicide is fucking terrifying and the book glosses it over like it's nothing. No one gives a shit their teacher just blows, blew his brains out in front of the students. Well,
2: because he gets rebirth.
1: He does get rebirth. It's yes. like, it's, it's,
2: it's a metaphor for how we all had to watch the New 52 happen.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you're so right. Uh, also, what really bothered me is that even when he's like full-on superhero later, Vic is still wearing like a stupid sweater vest over his... Uh, over his metal body. I don't know why that bothered me so much well, but it he's, did. he's the
3: vision now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um that bothered me. It's totally out of order. Like at one point Vic said, I mean, uh, Simon says I stand with the Justice League, but this is the first time the Justice League has been mentioned at all in the issue and there's like th- there's no there's no lead up to that whatsoever. He doesn't say anything. But all of a sudden, that's there. Like it's <laughs> totally out of order. It's just really weirdly out of order. Um, I will say this: I'm glad Mira is on the team for the time being. Yeah. Is
3: this is this run coming to an end? Do we? Is
1: it? He said he's he's his final arc starts with number like thirty two or thirty three. Okay. Well, so it's coming, but it's still a ways away. Yeah.
3: Give it to give it to. Christopher Priest. Oh, God, yes. This, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Oh, my God. Give it to somebody and tell them they can only put uh, 20 words on any given page.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Which, you know, really is what I would have expected from a Brian
3: Hitch book to begin with. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, artists but always I, overwrite. If he was
2: drawing it.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, this
1: is more uh, of that Brian Hitch fetishizing Wildstorm-style stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. All of his stories are this way.
0: Yeah, this guy
2: looks like that Wildstorm character that showed up in, uh... Scott Libdell's Superman. Oh, yeah. The, like, uh... Hellmouth? Hell Hellface? Hellspond. Hellspond. <laughs> Hell's <pond. laughs> uh,
3: yeah. Can we, uh... Can, let's talk about the rebirth in- implications, at least, because... Well, it's not exactly interesting. The fact that it runs through several books
2: is... Um, I feel like
1: this was the most heavy-handed way they could have had this conversation.
2: Oh, definitely.
1: Don't you get it? It's a rebirth. <laughs>
3: she, then she looked out at the audience.
0: Exactly. The
3: reader. And yeah. They said hypertime again.
0: It is a they hyper did time again, say hyper
3: time again. Yep, I'm... <laughs> Did you see uh <laughs> this is a tangent. Did you see that the Ready Player One uh trailer stuff from Comic-Con? I don't care. Yeah, I don't I don't care about that. I hated that book so
1: much. Never read it, don't plan on reading it, but go ahead. Yeah,
3: I haven't read it and but I but I'm against it on concept alone. But the um this what I wanted to bring up was that Spielberg apparently said that he wants people to be in the movie theater and and say to themselves, Oh, I know that reference or whatever during the movie. Which sounds that's a that sounds like a joke, right? But but apparently he said this. And that I'm just the reason I bring it up is because that's what I do every time I see the word hypertime in a comic. Yeah. I go, Ooh <laughs> this is for me
1: <laughs> I literally say, that's a bingo. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I turn to my wife and I say, That's hypertime.
1: I love a good Chappie reference that's Chappie (laughs) alright yeah that brings us to Nightwing number 25 this is the end of the blockbuster arc
3: I'm glad that's over
1: written by Tim Seeley illustrated by Minky Young um, this was this was an okay issue I like it, what I liked about this issue was I feel like Sealy really has a beat on Dick's um, like insistence at doing the right thing at all times like the, the way he handled himself in this issue, there were so many times when he could have saved the people that quote mattered and left the supervillains to die and a lesser writer would have had him do that but this just really feels like Celia understands that Dick is never going to do that. Dick doesn't take the easy way out of anything, and that's 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 a good understanding of the character.
2: The uh, this issue didn't do much for me, except for it did end up um, crossing like one of my like no-go zones, like just <laughs> which is which is depicting a a, a pet. Um, reacting to harm befalling its owner oh the little squirrel
0: mm-hmm.
2: at the end that that's, choked me up yeah
3: that's heartbreaking I can't handle that Aww. It,
2: had, it had blood on its paws oh that's sad it was really sad it had its owner's blood on its paws
3: <laughs> sorry I don't mean to laugh It's it is sad I just didn't I didn't consider that. I'm heartless and cruel.
1: Spoken at a true guy who uh, hates animals.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad that the blockbuster arc is for all intents and purposes over. Cause I really didn't I didn't dig this whole anything that was going on with the villains I really didn't care about. Yeah. Um I cared about Sean, oh, Sean and I cared about Sean and Dick breaking up. I'll say that.
2: But I also kind of didn't care yeah. about that because I don't know.
1: I, I hate that stuff. I I cared more when I thought that Sean was pregnant. To me, that was a more interesting story than this was. Yeah,
2: it definitely was.
3: Yeah, and I think it was. I think it was better written, and I think it was done in a more artful fashion. Like that issue was where that happened that was like a really heart-wrenching kind of sequence of events you know um and this was kind of it felt like it got the short shrift you know Mm -hmm. I, I still cared though but but I just I liked Sean as a character so
1: me too if he's gonna stick around Bloodhaven I could see her still being a part of the book
3: sure but he's gonna, so, he's gonna, you know what he's gonna do? He's gonna give Barbara that booty call,
2: re- yep. rebound time.
1: Rebirth rebound.
2: Ooh, that needs to be the next arc name. <laughs>
1: it would be like Bat ooty Call.
0: <laughs> Back in that ass. Oh. <laughs>
1: Bat that ass up. There we go. <laughs> Alright. Uh there's the super sons number six, written by Peter Tomasi, illustrated by Jorge Jimenez. Uh this is another super fun issue of this book. I really enjoyed the um <laughs> the differences between I mean, this book is just so much fun and the differences between Dick and John make it so much fun. Damien and that, John. I'm there. Damian and John, yeah. The idea of uh, of Lois washing his his <laughs> costume slash uniform and putting it with the PJs like all oh, that was just great.
3: Yeah, just really nice touches like that and like like how Damien is like a, a traffic cop Nazi and yeah. J- John just wants to help animals and stuff. <laughs> and and one of those animals
2: turns out to be Gar.
1: Yeah.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah, the way that the Teen Titans were incorporated into this were it was a lot of fun. And the way
3: that Jorge Jimenez drew them was like I'd love to see him do a Teen Titans comic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
3: And then then like just the unforgettable image at the end of Damien as an old man. <laughs> old man Damien
0: <laughs> Yeah.
3: <laughs> Yeah, it was really it was really nice.
2: We, uh... Very nice. <laughs> is it, is it more more rebirth watch here. With that opening scene, and then like another clock villain. Oh yeah, yeah. Time yep. commander.
3: They, you know, DC has an awful lot of time villains. <laughs> awful You're lot. You're not wrong
1: of... about that. No.
3: That's all right though. He's got a cool costume.
1: Yeah. Ten out of sure. ten. Costume is great. His costume do... is great. You're right. <laughs> um, all right, that brings us to a uh, Superman number twenty seven, written by Tomasi and Gleason, illustrated by Scott Godlewski. Uh, Vince, you, I'll, I'll you, let you take this one away. Do
3: you get okay? You you don't want to go first on this one?
1: No, you have to go first on this one. You texted me about this like a week ago, so. Oh God. Okay
3: uh so super scold number uh superman number twenty seven um, I hated this comic you guys um I actually think it's it's one of the most heinous comics i've read <laughs> since like it's 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 worse than an issue of cyborg i think um because of what it doesn 't do and I, you know, if people online or people who listen to this get mad at me or whatever, that's fine. Um, just to be upfront, I, I'm a pretty left-leaning person. So, um, what, you know, take what I say about this with a grain of salt, but I, I feel like my arguments have some merit here. Um, I also want to point out that, um, I read this issue and felt really weird about it. And then I, I don't normally read, uh, reviews comic reviews on a regular basis um and I purposefully uh went looking for reviews of this after I read it because of how weird I thought it was and I read one from uh comic book bin and I just want to shout out the writer of this review because um I agreed with a lot of what he wrote and he brought up one or two things that I didn't even think of and I just don't want it to seem like I don't want it to seem like I'm uh, cribbing from him or anything, but I th- I think his review is really well considered and really well written. So, yeah, the website is Comic Book Bin. The writer was D J Dayton. Um, had a really great take on this. But, essentially, what it amounts to for me is that. the the story of this issue is that Superman and his family, Lois and John, take like a road trip in a camper. And they go around, and Lois and Clark are essentially giving John, like, a history lesson on America. Ex- at which, which, that is a perfectly fine idea. Like, Superman is as American as apple pie. Superman should be, like, a patriotic figure. Historically, he's been involved in a lot of, you know, American iconography. It's part of him. To, to do a rebirth issue about America with Superman is a perfectly fine idea. That's, that's something that, that should happen. I'm in no way against that. Uh, what's weird to me is that there's things about this that don't look, they, they that don't feel or look like the America that actually exists anymore. Um, and maybe never did, but what, what I'm, what I'm saying is that this felt like a lecture, basically, in a really ham-fisted, corny way that leaves a lot out that I feel is important. So, like, for example, they go to this cemetery, Rockridge Cemetery, and they see a, a female soldier that uh, disguised herself as a man to fight in the Revolutionary War, I guess. mm mm-hmm. um, And Lois has this line where she says, instead of making movies glorifying mobsters and criminals, etc., they should be making movies about these people. Well, first of all, they do. (laughs) Like, they do make movies about these people. Maybe not this person or whatever. I don't know.
1: She's a mom. What the fuck does she know?
3: I know. I'm just saying. But she she did not write this comic. Somebody wrote this comic. Somebody (laughs) wrote those words into her mouth. And it's just one of a few lines in this comic where they talk about how useless, like, these other stories are or how, you know, Superman later says that in this restaurant, movies and TV stars line the walls of this restaurant who have done nothing of value. It's like, this is a comic book, you know? Like, Like, does Tomasi think that he's not done anything of value because he's writing a comic? You know what I'm saying? Like... Like, there's just this really scolding tone. And I I understand that, like, they're trying to prop up. Like, also, like, this issue is, like, really, like, respecting the veterans type thing. Which, again, I'm all for. Except, like, later they have this veteran that is outside this restaurant. And he's in, like, a wheelchair or something. And he's, like, clearly homeless and jobless. And... He comes into the restaurant, and they try to kick him out. Oh, you're not wanted here. You're going to disturb the, the other guests. You know, This isn't a shelter. Yeah, this isn't a shelter. You're going to disturb the other guests, and the, the Kents are like, no, wait, wait, he's going to sit with us. We're going to buy him a meal, you know, whatever. And they talk to him a little bit about his life, and then in the end he ends up getting a job at this shitty diner that he's supposed to be super thankful for, and it was because of the Kents. Okay, but here's my problem with it. If John is getting this lesson about what America is and, like, about what it stands for, why does nobody – John asks about the wounds that the guy suffered, and he kind of says, well, you know, I was – you know, there was a tank. I, I got hit with shrapnel, et cetera. Why is nobody asking, like, why is this veteran homeless?
2: Why is he uh, – why has he been forgotten about yeah, by society? Okay, that's really interesting because like that's where I thought that scene was going. Me yep. too. Yep, and not at all. They they don't even cover it. Yeah, I thought, and so that you know that kind of like gets me. I felt really weird about this too, and I was just skimming over that review you mentioned, Vince, because I hadn't seen it. Uh-huh. And he, I don't like the the takes he has are are kind of different than the ones that I had, but I had like the same general sense of uneasiness throughout the issue that you were kind of like suggesting that that review suggests as well just in that there are a lot of ideas that start off as like good Uh kind of like superman-esque ideas that just go into weird places yes yes that's exactly it i
3: think think you nailed that by saying like they they start out and you think that it's going to be a lesson that clark is going to impart about what america should stand for and then and then he doesn't get to that conclusion and it ends up sounding just like propaganda
2: yeah like and you know what this issue reminds me of the most
1: hmm really, yes yeah, i felt the same way what the you? exact
3: yes. same thought what were you saying yeah. i didn't hear that yeah. what superman grounded oh grounded yeah yeah
2: that's except that's like what this issue is grounded
3: actually had people of color
2: that had voices oh, <laughs> right. oh wow you know um the, you want to know the the part that like made me the most uncomfortable out of the whole thing? Sure.
1: No TV on a road trip, am I right? <laughs>
2: Man, <gosh. laughs> what in the world. No, the like, the like weird part. It was the part with the statues uh-huh. and the kind of like weir- weirdly hard stance against like the graffiti. Uh-huh. Which, like, I understand, like disrespecting. I, there was that one line that like Clark had that i oh, let me see if i can find it it was something like these people like have about,
3: no respect for the past
2: yeah when it's done on public property it's about someone with a spray can who's looking for attention and can't find it and, yeah. and people have no respect for the past yeah it's like mm, it's not always done because of that right right and I, and the thing is like that's another case of like it started one way and didn't go where I thought. I thought it was going to be like people who are looking for attention and can't find it. People who are trying to find a voice but can't be heard, mm-hmm. and like it being a good thing.
3: Yeah, or not even necessarily a good thing because. But or you know what I mean, but like yeah, uh,
2: a like, different, uh, yeah,
3: right. a, a complex thing.
2: Yeah, it, right. instead right. it was turned yeah, like, into
3: a very simple.
2: I thought he was going to be a spouse, like sticking up for the victims, I guess, or the the the. The voiceless.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah. Like, like I, I'm, I'm not saying that any of this stuff, like, yes, we should respect our veterans. But respecting our veterans means that they come back and they get the health care that they need. And we know that right. that, that doesn't happen. And we know, and, and in this comic, they don't question that at all. You know? And I'm not saying that this comic needs to solve any problems, but I feel like that's something Superman would say, Right. Wouldn't Superman be like, we should be taking better care of these people? Not, not I'm going to go in and help this one guy get a job at a shitty diner, but, like, John, take this as an example. The government should be treating these people better,
0: you know?
1: Not only that, they treat the job as if it's going to solve all of his problems. A weekday dishwasher job at a shitty diner isn't going to change anybody's life. Right. Like, it's not going to get him health care. Yeah. Definitely. You know, it, just, it, it makes it seem like the problem with veterans is they don't get a job when they come back.
3: Exactly. Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. No, I thought this, I actually thought with the graffiti stuff, I, and this shows you how, how utterly tone-deaf I was to this issue, I thought that they were going to say, like, you know, people with no respect, and then I thought Lois was going to say, like, to be fair, you guys are the ones who body surfed on a, pub, on a national monument. Right? And like, you know, just, just to show that like, you know, different understandings of what's respectful are different for, you know, like people of different levels, right? I really thought that was going to be a line, and then it wasn't. Like, so it's okay for Superman and Superboy to just fucking treat Niagara Falls like a water park. It's not okay for someone to artistically express themselves with their graffiti. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Which honestly, that was probably maybe the only scene of the comic that I really liked or the last scene of the comic before it kind of took its weird nosedive.
3: Yeah. 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 It's, it's just so weird. It's, um, the other thing I want to mention is the line about, um, John says something like, Oh, this is where the politician, they go to like one of the Congress buildings. and, And he says, this is where the politicians did the easy work and none of the fighting. And then Clark like immediately corrects him and is like, no, these, these politicians were great men. They wrote, uh, you know, they got us out of, uh, tyranny and, and committed treason for us, you know? And like, all right. Okay. Like it's, a, it's obviously a very complex thing and ultimately like for America, we consider, we consider the revolution a good thing. And it, 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 spawned the lives that we live today, but I feel like the greater point that like oh, these politicians, you know I, I feel like when you compare it directly to the Iraq war veteran that they show, which by the way, they didn't mention, you know, anything about the Iraq war or the pretenses for it uh, they kind of glazed right over that, but when you consider that right now we have Congress as essentially a kangaroo court when it comes to health care going on right now Having Clark correct him and saying like these men are like the politicians are actually heroes as well like yeah there's there's some truth to that historically, it's also a lot more complicated than that, and John is not in some ways John is not wrong, you know, yeah. but I felt well, yeah I... and
2: it's also yeah it's the weird idea too that like you know the the like quote unquote greatness of the Founding Fathers could have any bearing on what politicians are doing today. Yeah, yep. You know, like, it was a weird comeback.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was weird, and, and like, like again, that was a point that maybe started out, like, okay, I could see where Superman will go with this, and instead, it was Clark being a scold. And,
1: and, yeah, and the tone... I really thought he was going to throw in, like, these were imperfect men, yes, they were slave owners, etc., but yeah. none of that, though. No, but not n- n-
3: nothing. It came off as very, even even a handful, four or five of those little addendums to whatever he was saying. You know, like you said, oh yes, they were slave owners. Um, That's that was a different shameful time in our country. You know, but no, none of it. The tone of this issue, from beginning to end, when it had anything to do with America's politics or whatever, was that of a scold,
1: and very. I did not. I did not read this issue until today, but there is a fucking hilarious bit of San Diego Comic-Con on this issue.
0: Okay. So,
1: um, John asks Lois about the Coexist bumper sticker, Mm -hmm. and I wanted her to be like, oh, that's the new Justice League poster, (laughs) (laughs) which incorporates all those logos into that phrase. Yeah. Uh,
3: That's pretty good. Uh, instead yeah. she gives uh, instead she gives him the driest explanation of what it all means. Exactly,
1: she could easily just have said it's a number of symbols that would appear to contradict each other, but it's saying we should coexist. No, she has to go through like every single one, like you know. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I'm uh I'm I'm collecting this book. It's like one of the few books that I've like been buying regularly just because I want to like one day be able to have like a do do like a bind or something of it but that's the beautiful thing about binds is i don't i don't have to buy these issues and i can just (laughs) i can uh i can make my vision of the tomasi gleason superman run
3: yeah yeah you clearly won't need this issue for sure
2: no or the next one it
3: seems like i see the next one is the troops respecting issue which again that's that's fine that's fine i just i just wish they would be honest you know like
1: I... What if it turns out that this veteran is actually the one behind uh, the missing time? Then you'll have to bind it.
0: <laughs> he's the he's the key now,
2: to I'll universe. Just, I'll just insert one page that says that says and then and then Mister Oz went back to his planet. <laughs> yeah.
0: His
2: own planet. The end. Yeah,
3: but I don't I don't want to be I don't want to be flippant like. The the veterans deserve the best care when they come back. You know, I'm just saying like let's be honest about what's really going
1: on. This know? just felt like the cheapest possible way to get in a couple of digs at different groups, mm-hmm. more so than prop up other groups. Yes. Like, yeah. I think this this is a perfect opportunity for them to have propped up veterans who again deserve it. There's all, all of this, but instead it's like it's just casting shame on on, on a number of people and making everybody making everybody that isn't named Clark or Lois look stupid
2: yeah and it's also just a, like almost every scene is a gross simplification of mm-hmm. like very complex issues
1: mm-hmm. yes and we're not asking them to tackle like the entire messy history of the United States here but if you're going to introduce all these ideas you have to be willing to deal with the reality of those ideas
3: yeah. So, so this has been a really great run on Superman, but this is like for me this is kind of a dark stain <laughs> on it. <laughs> and 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 the trolls are going to get mad at me, but uh, that's just that's just how I feel. Um I felt really maybe, weird after reading this.
2: Maybe this is what leads uh Clark to get the yellow ring in these upcoming arcs is
3: that uh, he's
2: been watching so much Fox News that <laughs> he just he's afraid of everything
3: Lois I'm uh, I'm going to Washington DC again I'm investigating this pizza restaurant <laughs> um
1: he changes his name to Ditto Man <laughs> and is a big Rush Limbaugh supporter
3: now Clark Cernovich
1: oh, <laughs> there we go Boom. <laughs> All right. Uh, that brings us to the wild storm. Number six written by Mr. Warren Ellis illustrated by John Davis hunt. Um, I'm still really enjoying this book. I think that John Davis hunt does some of the grossest battle stuff you've ever seen in a comic here. Um, having that guy is essentially like artery ripped out of his throat. It's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of gunshots to the head and stuff like that. Chin,
2: chin's exploding.
1: Yes, chin's <laughs> exploding. Um, I will say this though, I feel like this has been a slow burn of an introduction to the series, but we're getting to the point where I want a little more meat in these issues.
3: Mm, see, I I I know where you're coming from, but I don't know what it is about Warren Ellis' scripts in these, but I could read. I'm not usually like this. But I could read these characters just sitting around talking for as long as he needs to do this. I don't I, know what it is.
2: I, I liked this issue a lot. I think last week I was you know still a couple of issues behind, and we'd brought it up in passing. And I was kind of, um, meh. But this is really good.
3: Yeah. Isn't Ellis like a... Ma- He's like a master of, um pacing or something well brian might disagree but
1: but i, just I don't think dislike like... the issues i just i feel that like i want to know more i want to dig deeper and i want that to happen too especially because we know this is a limited series yeah like we we right now we are more than a quarter of the we're a quarter of the way done with the book and there's no plot yet
2: yeah you're it's right. still been setting up everything for yeah, sure. so, so that yeah. that
1: that's my problem. I've enjoyed every issue very much, so but we're a quarter of the way there. There is no plot yet. I don't want I don't want the rest of the book to feel rushed because it was such a slow burn.
2: I feel like I mean something big happens at the end of this issue, though.
1: Yeah, Henry
2: Bendix, yeah.
3: he's raining hellfire down.
1: Yeah,
2: I feel like it could. I, I'm with you, Brian. It does – I was thinking that, like, as I was reading this issue, I was like, man, this is, uh, this is taking its time. But I, I feel like now we have – you know, this issue is really kind of exposition-heavy in, yeah. like, explaining everything and, like, the mechanics of everything and then all the different groups. And now it finally feels like we sort of have that all squared away. Like, who knows? We could have another, like, six issues of this. But it feels like we have enough information that the story can really get going.
3: Yeah, I think I think so. I think that's fair to say. Now, can I... Well, I want to talk about John Davis Hunt a little bit. Um, not only does he draw, like, some of the grossest fight stuff, but, like, I love any time he's asked to draw, like, a sci-fi element or a technology element like that auxiliary side load view thing that Angie used to uses to see that Jacob Marlowe is like a an alien or something. Mhm. That's just such a cool like the way he depicts it, kind of like unfurling in front of her head is just such a great little little design, you know? Um and then I want to bring up something potentially big, you guys. Okay. <sighs> Who is a character that had a really great series before Rebirth that we have not seen in Rebirth yet? Written by a guy who's not writing a very good book right now.
1: Martian Manhunter?
3: Yes. Guys, I think, he, I think he's coming in the Wildstorm. They showed a close-up of that Mars expedition lighter, nineteen fifty-five again. Yeah, which was the year that Martian Manhunter was introduced to the DCU. What if he's part of this? Because he's nowhere. It'd be really weird. He's. No... It would be
1: really weird, especially because he was part of Stormwatch in the New Fifty-Two.
3: Maybe that's why. Another... It's, maybe that's why it's not so weird. Well, I think that makes it more weird.
1: Almost. Yeah, me too. Me too.
3: Why? Why is that?
1: Because it didn't work the first time. so Why would they try it again? Because they're not doing anything else with him. He was in Batman sixty six today.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Come on, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing.
3: <laughs> you, but but oh, I God. I really think there might be something to this.
2: I think you're probably. If not, I mean. It I could see it just being, like, a big, like, Warren Ellis Mindef, like, refer- That would that's, like, his, like, weird reference to that happening.
0: Uh-huh.
3: That could, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. I I just want Martian Manhunter back, you know?
2: Yeah. And I just it think that... It is weird that I had, I didn't think about the fact that we haven't seen him at all in Rebirth.
3: That's yeah. really weird. What's he doing?
0: is he doing
3: yeah i just watched um the mr new, biscuits the new frontier so i got a hefty dose of uh john jones the cartoon new frontier it's
0: good
1: yeah
3: yeah one that's the a better one
1: that is one of the better ones yeah you should mention your your spinoff
0: project by the yeah, way yeah
3: it's not really i mean it's not really a like it's not i'm not doing anything formal with it but i'm i'm going to the gym. Almost every day, and I'm watching a different uh, DCU animated movie. So I watched Superman: Doomsday the first time I went, and then I watched uh, New Frontier yesterday. And uh, I got. Are you staying
1: I, long enough to watch the whole thing?
3: Yes. Yep. I run for huh? I run for eighty. They're only like 80, 80 to eighty-five minutes a piece. So That's a
0: long one, though.
3: It Still is. A lot of running. It is. Yeah, I need to get back in shape. I'm a. I'm a fat ass right now, um, but anyway, the, here's my take-home point after watching two of those. Former Twin Peaks cast members, or even current Twin Peaks cast members, I guess, really show they 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 shine in those DC animated.
1: Miguel uh, Miguel Ferrier.
3: Yep, he was uh he's Martian Hunter, right?
1: Well, he's Deathstroke in the in the new um uh Judas Contract movie.
3: Oh, okay. Well, he's Martian Manhunter in New Frontier as well. And Kyle MacLachlan is Superman in that one. I, I forgot about that, yeah. And I like his voice is I think Kyle MacLachlan's voice is so cool. Like there's a certain enunciation that happens when he talks. I don't it's really interesting to me and it sounds really good coming out of Superman's mouth. And then uh uh Uh, Ray Wise, Leland Palmer, is Perry White in Superman Doomsday. And that Superman Doomsday is full of bad voice acting, but that cannot be said about him. He's a great Perry.
1: Uh, Did you guys see that they are remaking the
2: Superman Doomsday storyline as an animated film
1: again?
3: Yes, that's right.
1: Supposedly it's going to be truer to the Jurgens.
3: Well, I got to say... I, I never thought I would say this, but Superman Doomsday really does suffer by not following the Jurgens. 'Cause because it feels extremely thin and really unsatisfying. Like,
1: I mean, to be fair, so does the comic when you wow. read it.
3: I wouldn't say thin,
1: <laughs> right? Well, like the well, the the initial Doomsday stuff, like there's just no build up to Doomsday whatsoever. Yeah. And uh, you know, so that to me, that always that makes it. Like, but eventually you do care that Superman's dying. You care because Superman's dying. You don't care about Doomsday at all. Sure. Um.
3: But I would say once that su- once Superman comes back, or once the no, once like the Superman the four Supermen show up, uh-huh. that becomes an extremely like rich bed of. I mean, I it's probably like, really overwritten and the same Jurgens we've always known. But like, there's a lot of ideas there.
1: There is. And about half. I've recently reread all that stuff. Yeah. And about half of it is really good.
3: Well, there you go. Uh,
1: a quarter of it is a right, and a quarter of it's really, really bad. <laughs> a, a lot more bibbo than you remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, we, we got one more book to talk about, guys. That's Trinity number 11, written by Francis Manipal, illustrated by Manipal and a small army. <laughs> Uh, so this has my big pet peeve. i talked about it before. Batman can breathe in space. I <laughs> like it. Boy, it sure does look good. It does. I forgot who was... Hang on. Wasn't but Scott not Godlewski not as good as usual, either.
2: Some, some pages look good.
1: Well, I, I want to say Scott Godlewski, who did that Superman issue, does part of this, too. Yeah.
3: Art yeah. by Manapole, Scott Hanna, and Scott Godlewski.
1: Yeah. So anything moves three artists on the book, unless it's intentional, it's gonna look a little spotty. Yeah.
3: Um,
2: were Were you the one Vince that tweeted about
0: like the like Superman looking up? On yeah.
2: The
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so, Where is this?
3: So uh, in our PDFs, it's page twelve, but okay. I think I think in the comic itself, it's story page eleven. It's Superman. Superman like lands. Superman lands on whatever set sa- on the satellite that they're on or whatever with mm-hmm. with um Simon and Jess and yeah. he's kind of like pinned against it with the two of them yeah. and then Wonder Woman appears like above him and you see her <laughs> you see her foot step over his head and he's looking right up
0: <laughs> like 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 face.
3: like the dude in the drugged out dream in the Big Lebowski when he's going under those uh dancers
1: you mean gutter balls
3: yeah gutter balls <laughs> when he's when he's going under the he's like sliding under all their legs like he's literally looking right up yeah. right up diana's am i right i mean
2: yeah and I'm then right. you go to the next page and it's just like it's just like there
3: yeah oh yeah and he's he like he's got a he's smiling too he's like i don't mind what i see <laughs> Superman was really a, a, a lout this week. <laughs> <laughs> Just a perv and a scold.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> listeners, uh, don't listen right now. So he was a Republican this week. Oh,
3: oh, boy. I didn't
1: say it. <laughs> I did. I learned it. I'm cool. All your mail like goes it. to
3: brian at com.
1: Absolutely. I'll correspond with you. <laughs> Uh... anyway that that does it for this week it's good to be back with the boys uh, we promise it won't be this long again to you hear us uh, you know unless I don't know unless we'll say um, but anyway uh, next week we have uh, I don't think there's anything all that special coming out next week we have the first issue of Metal in a few weeks and uh yeah, good time to be a DC Comics fan as always. So you can find uh, all three of us on Twitter. I am at BrianNeedsAnApp.
3: I'm at Brian Needs an
1: App.
2: And I'm at SirFox89.
1: And uh, I occasionally tweet from uh, VJ underscore <laughs> OSDROWSKI as well. I save my hot takes for that Twitter <laughs> handle.
3: <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, yeah.